Hello and welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Elise. I, right off the top, want to talk about next week. Like, not even this week. This week is great and cool and, you know, long weekend and re-entry, my goodness. But let's just talk about next week because I'm already there. Or I wish I was. <laughs> um, but next week, my husband and I are going to be on Puerto Vallarta for a vacation. I'm so psyched. And I told him on Memorial Day, we were hiking. And I said, babe, this is going to be a vacation. We are not going to work. We are not going to bring up like stuff I hate. You know, like he's an accountant. I don't do finance. We're not going to bring any of that up. No investing, nothing. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, But for me, podcasting is not working. I love to do it. And I feel like those of you who listen to this podcast and know me well, we all want to hear from Patrick anyway. Like who who wants to listen to me anymore? I want to listen to Patrick. Um, I'm so excited. I don't know what we're talking about yet. I'm going to leave a lot of that in his hands. So get stoked. Literally stoked because that's his last name. Anywho, get stoked for next week. Uh, It will drop on Wednesday and it's going to be awesome. So, I mean, you, I just, I can't, I'm speechless. I'm so excited. So I hope you listen. I, it's going to be so much fun and we got to encourage Patrick so that he'll come back and keep doing it with me. So let me know your thoughts next week, please, because I'm excited and I already don't want it to be a one-time thing. We all want to hear from Patrick who in Mexico while on vacation is the persona of Patricio. So you'll get to hear from Patricio next week. All right. This week we are talking through the acronym GRACE, which is helping us have more grace for ourselves first. Because if we have more grace for ourselves, if we dig that well and and fill it up with grace for ourselves, it's going to overflow, right? And if you have been you know, watching some of the news and current events this week. As all other weeks, it's been a week. It's been heavy for me. This world needs so much grace, but it it doesn't start with having grace for others. That might feel selfless, but actually not cultivating that in yourself is selfish because you're not going to have anything to give the world ultimately. So this is so important. So we have talked about guidance and this week we are talking about reflection. I am psyched, so let's get into it. All right, (laughs) I'm going to be real honest and timestamp this. (laughs) It's been two days since I recorded the opener, two days. And the good news is my husband is still on board to be our guest host. He has not backed out yet. So that's the really great news. Um, I am actually really excited though, because I had some really good time to reflect this week. And that's what we're talking about is reflection. So I'm really excited. But first I want to talk about 
Grace, if, first of all, if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, go ahead and listen. We talked about Grace, the whole acronym, and then we talked about G, which is guidance and why it's so important to get guidance from outside yourself and why that's a freeing thing, why that's not adding parameters, um, why it's not getting down on yourself for not knowing it all. It's actually freeing to not have all the answers and to not have to have all the answers. Also, just so you guys know, my dogs are all over the place today. So if you hear little feet, if you hear like a little little rustle, it's the dogs. I'm not going to try to control them. So sorry about the audio. Anyway, um, grace for ourselves. So here's the thing, especially as a white woman, I feel like saying, have more grace for yourselves, have more grace for yourselves every week, that could be misconstrued and as that we shouldn't have more grace for others. And I don't want it to be. Here's the thing. Ultimately, what the world needs is for us to have more grace for others. But I believe that starts with having grace for yourself. And it doesn't mean pumping up yourself, pumping up your ego. It doesn't mean thinking of yourself as above anyone else. But I do think the practice of loving the flaws and the scars and the parts of you that you really don't like, if you do not do that in yourself, it could be projected onto someone else. And it could lead to not having grace for them. And it could lead to having a superficial grace for others, a grace that only goes to, you know, a post on Instagram. I will post about Black Lives Matter and, and that's, that's it. Or, you know, if somebody wants to talk to me about their experience, sure, I will sit there and pretend to listen while I'm doing my grocery list in my head or something like that. It's a superficial grace. And a lot of times I think especially if you are a Christian woman, that you truly think you are having grace for others because we know all about grace, right? We, we talk about it all the time. And so I think that we have kind of gotten to a, a where we are accepting of a superficial grace for ourselves, right? We say, oh yeah, I, I'm loved, I'm whole, whatever, you know, I have flaws, I, you know, that sucks. But you know, I, I like myself, you know, and then we move on and we say that to other women, you know, and we love it when our Peloton coach tells us we can do it, you know, but deep down, we don't believe that we don't accept the parts of ourselves that we can't change. We don't accept the parts of ourselves that we can change, but it's a process And so we can't do that for anybody else. You can't show people the love and grace that you don't have for yourself. So I just really want to make that clear is that when I'm saying have grace for yourself, especially if you are a white woman, man, middle class, American, you know, like it's hard to have a balance here and to tell you what I really feel and call me out if I'm not doing it right. You know, I, I was thinking about how having grace for others is all about bringing marginalized people in from the margins, but it's not about that. I don't think like 
um, Nadia Boltzweber, who is a um, Lutheran. She's a member of the Lutheran clergy. She's awesome. She has a podcast that you should absolutely check out. Um, she lives here in Denver, and she's just an awesome woman. She said that the corners are her favorite place to be. So maybe grace for others then isn't about bringing people in from the corner, you know? Maybe it's about you going to the corner. Because who says that's not the best place to be? I'm a white woman and I'm a privileged woman. However, as somebody who has a a disability, who has chronic pain and illness, I do have parts in, in my life where the corner was my spot. And it's not, you know, my whole life, right? Like it would be if I were black. Or it would be if I was an immigrant. Or it would be if, you know, if, if I belonged to another marginalized group. So I want to make that clear. You know, it's not my whole life. However, I think anybody with chronic pain and chronic illness, you've been in the corner sometimes. Um, sometimes our doctors can put us in the corner. I've been really fortunate in the doctors I've found. Um, but I know what it feels like to be put in, put in a corner by someone that you trust, by someone who should actually be helping you heal, but they end up making you feel less than and they other you and they make you feel shame and they don't have any grace for you. I know what it's like for Christians to put you in the corner, to make you feel shame for a condition that you cannot control, a condition that you do not have because you are bad or because God doesn't love you or because he wants you miserable, or he wants you to suffer. But sometimes Christians love to make you feel that way. And again, why? In my mind, that's a projection. It's an issue with them. It's not with you, and it's certainly not with God. But that head knowledge doesn't help your heart. I know what it's like to be in that corner, because people who practice the same faith as you put you there I know what it's like for society to put you in the margins. For it to feel like if you have a disability, you are not welcome. That there is not a workplace that will accept you. That if you use an ability device, if you use a mobility device, that people will look at you in a way that makes you feel other, in a way that makes you feel less than, unloved, unworthy of living in this society. I know how that feels. I think we all, well, I'm not going to say we all because actually I don't think that's true. But I think that if you are struggling with chronic pain and chronic illness, you have your corner moments. And I don't think that... It's about us coming in from the corners. I want people to join me so that our experience 
you know, can become a party. You know, there, like I said, there is nothing. I have a chronic illness. I have a chronic, I have chronic pain, but there's nothing wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with my experience. Pain sucks, right? But I'm never going to get rid of it fully. And so people might as well come to my neck of the woods and we can have a party, you know? I think I can teach people about empathy and I can teach people about how to help those with chronic pain and illness. And I think that there is value in my experience. And you know what? If I'm having a really sucky day and I can't move, then you can come to my neck of the woods and we'll just have a good old-fashioned movie marathon while I can't move on my couch. More than one makes a party, right? (laughs) And so it's not about coming in from the margins, but it's about bringing people to them. And even for me, I have my corner moments, right? But I'm still privileged. I'm still white. And so what I want to do is meet people in their corner who have that experience more often than than I do. I don't want to bring them in. They are not bad. There is nothing wrong with their experience. It's for us to accept them where they're at, not to try to bring them in, right? And we can't do that until we start accepting the dark corners in ourselves. It is not selfish to have grace for yourself. You have got to do it. You have to do it to have grace for others. Man, holy cow. Someone give me a pulpit. <laughs> oh my goodness. I you guys, I haven't even had coffee today. Have not haven't. Holy cow. I should try this again with coffee, right? Everyone's like, no, Elise, please don't. Whew. Okay, so now that we've talked about why it is vital to have grace for yourself, let's talk about reflection. So I'm going to just tell you a story and we're going to keep it short since I went on my soapbox for a bit. Why is reflection so important? I think reflection is important because as we seek guidance out of outside of ourselves and also just as we get guidance in the world, you know, because life, life is a good teacher, right? Like everyday life is, is a classroom and never goes away. But I think some of the things that are meant for us, like I, I think sometimes we even are like, God, give me a sign. And he probably gives us a sign, but we weren't paying attention because life was so busy. And what I think is that reflection um, kind of drives home that guidance that we're given. And it also um, is a time for us to see what serves us and what doesn't. You can cast off and not internalize the messages that people have given you, maybe out of their projection or out of their hurt, or you know what, maybe well intentioned, but it just doesn't work for you. Don't internalize it. Say no. But sometimes I think we're so busy, we're like, yep, yep, totally, mm-hmm, yep, because we're not reflecting and we're not listening to our intuition. We're not digesting and seeing what works for us. So I think reflection is so important and we just oftentimes do not carve out the time to do it. Um, if you have been listening for a while, there was an episode a while back where I told you about not reconnecting, but an instance where um, my birth mother came back into my life and for a, a 
a day <laughs> and we communicated and it was not a good situation. It was very messy and very, very hurtful to my mental health. And I talked to my therapist about it and we agreed that I would write the experience down to try to let it go and to move on. And I tried, I tried, but actually writing down for me is such like a, almost like a sacred experience. I hold writing things down to be very, if I write something down, it sticks with me and, and it's permanently memorized. It's permanently etched in my brain. If, if I write it down physically, like with pen and paper, And so I found that I couldn't write it down. It was like too raw, too heavy to see in a written form. I tried, but I couldn't do it. And so the next week I told my therapist, I said, honestly, I couldn't even think of of some of the things that she said. I couldn't write it down. Actually, the only way that I could think about it at all and think about my thoughts on the situation and how I'm going to move on was on a walk with my dogs or on my Peloton or like on a jog and I'm not a jogger, but I had to like move. I had such an urge to move during, during this time. And in reflecting on that, I actually realized that I have always been that way. If something was hard for me as like a teenager, I would take my dog on a walk. I would take Bruno on a walk. And we would go and sometimes I would talk to him and, you know, he's very wise. Bruno's an excellent teacher. And, you know, we would walk and sometimes I would talk and sometimes I wouldn't talk. And we would just walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. We walked, we logged miles, people. <laughs> so, um, but I was always moving if I had a, a hard time or something to sort through, which when I was a teenager was a whole heck of a lot. And so I realized I'd always been that way. And I love my therapist and she, she validated that and said, you know, when you have a hard thing, you don't want to be stuck there. You don't want to be stagnant. You want to move on and, you know, kind of by manifesting that feeling by actually moving, you're actually working through the feeling. You are physically moving on because you know you want to do that mentally and emotionally. And I was like, wow, I am like my subconscious, my intuition is so wise. Gold star moment for Elise. But it was so cool to hear that validated because, you know, I thought that I was probably pretty weird, but it does work for me. Movement works for me. And so I wonder if it could work for you too to really make movement time, also reflection time. Yesterday, I had to go to an oral surgeon's office. I am getting all four of my wisdom teeth (laughs) pulled at the end of the month. So if you don't hear from me, like in July, send help and jello. Anyway, um, also, he's great. So if anyone needs a good oral surgeon, I have found the one. I'm, I'm positive. He is just... A lot like my ophthalmologist. <laughs> I found a good one. Anywho, but um, I'm actually terrified of, of dentists. I'm terrified of getting any work done on my teeth. It's really painful for me 
and I don't know if that's because of fibromyalgia or just some nerve damage, but they can give me enough tranquilizer to kill a horse and I will still feel it. And I think that's because my mind processes pressure as pain. So anyway, I've been worried about this appointment since I made it. I've had to meditate a lot. I've, I've been trying to like tamp down this fear that will not go away. And so I cleared my schedule yesterday morning after this appointment because I was like, it could go terribly wrong. He could tell me he needs to remove on my bed. Like who knows what's going to happen? And I was just kind of freaking out. And so the appointment went fine. He was lovely. I've probably never been in better hands in my life. I'm still dreading it, but he was great. So I thought, well, what can I, what, what can I do? What, what can I do? And so decided to go take a hike and went to Boulder and did uh, part of the NCAR trail. That's actually where Patrick and I got engaged was on part of the NCAR trail up to Mallory Cave. So I went on the NCAR trail and when I hike, I usually am listening to a book or listening to a podcast if I'm by myself or, you know, I'm talking to somebody or I'm just like straight up trying not to die <laughs> more often than not. And so for a good part of the hike yesterday, I did have a book on. I had my AirPods in. I'm listening to this book. It's this thriller that allegedly has this crazy twist at the end, but I already know what it is. It's not that twisty. Anyway, but I made a conscious effort on my way back to totally unplug. I took my ear pods out and just listened. At that point, my heartbeat was going pretty fast and I just listened to myself and reflected about what was going on, you know, in my life, what's happening, what's been hard on my heart lately. You know, what am, what am I about? I think that's such an important question. And I think that as adults, we don't think about it enough. What am I about? I was talking to one of my friends uh, maybe yesterday, a couple days ago. And we were talking about not just showing up and saying, I'm all about social justice. If you are not about it, if you're not about the issue. But it's so hard. Our culture has become so performative. But don't just say you're about it, be about it. If you're going to post about it, read up on it. Delve deeper. Do something more than that. Also, social media is a huge tool, so do that, but be about it. And I think that as adults, a lot of times we can be about what our family is about. We, we be about what our church is about. And we don't reflect on who do I be? And so I was thinking a lot about that yesterday. Who do I be? What am I about? And honestly, I had some really great ideas where I was like, wow, that, that, that could help people. Wow. And it was so cool. And it wouldn't have happened if I kept listening to my twisty book that's not that twisty. <laughs> and I am a, a firm believer that there's not really any original ideas. I think that the ideas that you have come from the people that you listen to and, and synthesizing, synthesizing those ideas and making them your own. 
but I've listened to some awesome podcasts lately, read some awesome books, have really been trying to grow my knowledge about different experiences. And so when I was able to reflect on it in the context of who who do I be in this world? What am I about? I was able to synthesize those ideas and come up with an idea where I was like, wow, that that's new. That could work. That could help people with chronic pain and illness. So all that to say, if reflection isn't really your cup of tea, if writing things down isn't really your cup of tea, I get it. That's not always my best way to reflect. I told you guys that often when I write things down, it's like a sentence. And it's a lot of times on my phone or a sticky note, not like a cute journal, you know? I was never good at that, even as like a preteen. Didn't really happen. I just can't do it. I have to move. I have to physically move myself forward to think forward. So if that's you, take some time. Like the world is not going to create time for you. You know, we all wish, we all wish, but the world's not going to create time for you. You have to create time for you to reflect consciously, create some room to move yourself forward. And it does not have to be a long time at all. You know, my like reflection time without listening to anyone, with just listening to my inner voice, you know, and talking back sometimes, um, 20 minutes. And obviously, it's good for our physical health, right? I will say that for those of us with with chronic pain, that movement is so fraught. You know, it's not just, just go move. That's not, there's more, there's more to it. It's not that easy. And so an idea that I would have for you is to mimic um, mimic a hike or mimic your favorite movement on bad days where it's, it's just all you can do to stay upright and, and you can't move. If you are a swimmer, go find a body of water because water might be comforting for you. Like if you can just sit by like a lake or a stream or something for a while, can you just go bask in the beauty of water? Because as a swimmer, you love water, right? If it's a hike, the other day I was in the middle of Fort Collins um, after I got a lymphatic drainage massage, which I will tell you more about. But, you know, I, I it wasn't a hike day. And that's okay. And so I found this park and there were the most beautiful trees. And I honestly just stood beneath one basking in how beautiful it was. For like 15 minutes, I just stood there and thought and reflected. And it was like being in a forest on one of my favorite hikes, but that wasn't accessible to me that day. So, you know, in the middle of the city in a park, I just looked at trees. I just forest bathed in an urban jungle. While like this creepy Xfinity guy in a van was eyeing me the whole time. (laughs) No experience is perfect, right? So if you can't move, that is, that's okay. We all have those days if we are experiencing chronic illness and pain. Have some grace for yourself and don't feel like if you cannot 
move to reflect that you cannot participate in this exercise. I think the beauty of having chronic illness and pain is we are creative people. We are so creative. And so find that place. Create the mood. Find find the sound on your phone or drive to the site if you can. Involve your senses and just kind of move, help, let those senses help you move out of your zone into a different zone. Move forward, whether physically or in your mind, move forward while you're reflecting. Because moving forward through your senses, through your body will help you move on emotionally and process where you need to go where the guidance that you've been receiving, where is that bringing you? Anyhow, I hope that that helps. It's been so helpful for me in reflecting on some things. There are some things that I'm so excited about that I will share eventually, but right now I'm sitting with them and I'm reflecting on them and I'm going to keep moving when I can. And if, if not, I'm just going to keep basking under trees in the sunlight and, and processing. And someday those ideas will be out in the world. And I will be proud because I took the time to reflect on them and to make the ideas my own. And to make sure that they are ideas that I am fully about. <sighs> well, friends. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend at this point and that you have some grace for yourself in all the imperfect situations. I hope that you get some time to reflect. I encourage you, no matter where you are, to try to use your senses, use your body to help you in reflection, whether that's physically moving or whether that's mimicking movement. Give it a try and see what ideas come to you and see how it feels for you. And give me feedback. Let me know how it goes and have grace for yourself along the way. Trying something new is, is messy and it might not work for you and that's okay. Who, who am I? Who do, what do I know? That's okay. Have grace for yourself. Find what works, what doesn't work. And just know that in in working on having grace for yourself, you are doing the world a service and you will have more grace for others. And I'm proud of you. I will talk to you next week with my husband, Patrick Stokes. I'm so excited. So excited. And just so you know, guests are going to become, I am manifesting this, are going to become a more regular part of this show. And I'm, I'm stoked about it. So I will talk to you with Patrick next week.